This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I think about just things that happen in the summer. And so I was scrolling through um, social media, as I tend to do when I have a little bit of time here and there. And I came across um, this particular uh, picture. Let's see. So, so my friend Jared, and that's his 10-year-old daughter, Regina. And as you can see, it's just one picture, one picture, and then this is what it said. This is on June 9th. It said, at the airport, ready to go to Texas. So again, one photo, one sentence, one social media post. So I bring that up because as soon as I saw that, so it was at the beginning of this month, as soon as I saw that, I, I reached out to him you know, through social media, and I haven't seen him for quite some time. So I reached out to him and just like, hey, I'm, I'm glad you're coming to Texas. Um, you're, I'm sure you're going to see your family. Um, so a couple of interesting things about Jared. Um, he is a quadruplet. He's one of a quadruplet. So he has um, two brothers and a sister. And then he has some older brothers as well, but, but they're the quads. That's what they were called. In Corpus Christi, it was kind of a big deal because not too many people have four kids all at one time. And so, uh, but whenever... I met Jared. This is my first time that I was, that Laura and I had our first appointment after seminary. And uh, it was probably the first or second Sunday that we were there in First United Methodist in Corpus Christi. And we, uh, I was greeted by the band because I was kind of in charge of the, um, the contemporary service. They called it the wow service, the worship on the water. Because if you're not familiar with Corpus Christi, that particular service has a bay of windows right there and it overlooks the water it's really cool um and so the the band greeted me they're like oh so we hear that you know how to play and sing and stuff i was like oh yeah i do and they're like okay well we've been doing this for about 10 years so we kind of quit i was like good to know all right so what i had to do was i had to create a band and so Jared was one of the first people that was like, hey, um, you know, I play drums and, you know, I really like your kind of style and what you bring to things. So um, I have two brothers that, that can one plays electric guitar, the other plays um, the bass guitar. And, you know, if if you want, uh, I can invite them and, you know, we can kind of make this a little bit bigger of a band. I was like, um, yes, please. So this is what happened. They came and it was me the three brothers so we had you know i was on acoustic and and uh, lead vocals and then you had jared on the drums kevin on electric guitar and trey on bass guitar and then i had another acoustic guitarist and then uh, somebody on keys and uh, female vocals as well so we had a band uh, from nothing to something in pretty quick turnaround and that was one of the coolest parts uh, of my time there was that Forming this band was more than just playing music. It was forming a group. It was having people that we did life with together. And so um, everybody was doing their own thing, but for a certain time we were together. 
and we were making music together, and it was really an amazing thing. And so, seeing him post this on on social media, me reaching out to him, I hadn't. That was in 2010 when I first met him, and then uh, he was deployed. I think maybe in 2012 or so. So I hadn't actually seen him face to face in quite some time. And so I reached out, and then through probably about an hour and a half or so, we, we, uh, we had a great conversation. And in there, I was like, hey, you know, San Antonio's not that far away. If you want to just come up, you know, bring your brothers, bring Regina. You know, we have space for you if you want to just come visit. And he goes, okay, all right. And usually when you, when you say that, I mean, I really meant it. But usually when you say stuff like that, I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and then fairly soon after, like a couple of days later, he goes, were you serious though? Cause we're gonna come visit you. I was like, all right, all right, come on. I'm serious, let's go. So this past uh, Thursday, they came up on Thursday and, and they stayed the night and then uh, they left uh, Friday afternoon. But all of that started with one social media post, one picture, one sentence, and there was a connection. A connection that had been formed a long time ago, but something that was uh, reconnected with. And so I think about that, and I think about how much of an impact it had on me. Just that short, maybe 24-hour period, maybe less than that, but it made such a huge impact on me. And again, it only started with one social media post, one sentence, one picture. And so I say that. I bring that up because I know that that there are some things in our lives that that we try to um, to bring a message about, right? Um, and if we like it or if we don't, if we think that we are or not, we are evangelists. And you might not think of yourself in that way, but but really and truly, you are. And so, thinking about uh, where evangelist comes from, you may or may not know this, but there is the Greek version of, of that particular word, which is uh, eu angelion, so E-U, and then angelion, uh, or evangelion. Either one, it kind of means angel is what we think of as angel. And angels, if you look at the Bible, what they were doing a lot of times, they were messengers. They were messengers of the good news. You think about the messenger, the angel that came to Mary. And said, do not be afraid. A lot of times they, they say, do not be afraid um, because the angels are kind of frightful to look at. But so they say, do not be afraid. I have tidings of good joy, uh, of good news and, and great joy to bring to you. And so this is what angels did. They brought a message, a good message. And so that's what, where we get this evangelion or evangelist from. So the question is not whether or whether or not you are an evangelist. You are an evangelist. What kind of evangelist are you? And as an evangelist, what message are you delivering with your words, but more so with your lives? So as we look to the book of Matthew, we've been in Matthew for quite quite some time, and we've dealt specifically with um, chapters 5 through 7, what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. But today we're going to be um, talking about um, witness 
right? Evangelism, the, the message that we're showing. And this can be found in Matthew, and it doesn't have it there, but it's Matthew 28, verses 21. Nope, that's not right. Verses 16 through 20. And so before we get into that, just a little bit about the book of Matthew, just as a, a refresher. So in the last chapter, we've already talked about um, you know, what it means to be a Christian. That's a Sermon on the Mount, like how do you live out this life? And then we come across chapter 28. This is the last chapter in that particular book. And so we find that at the beginning of this chapter, it's the Easter story. It's whenever Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb and she doesn't find what she's looking for. And then the angel, or uh, the bearer of good news, says that, you know, he's not here. He's risen. And I'm charging you. And then, and then comes Jesus. Hey, Mary, I'm charging you to be the first evangelist. He doesn't say that. But he says, take this message to the other disciples. Tell them to meet me in Galilee. So she is carrying this very, very important message. And again, she is the first evangelist that we'll read about. And so she takes this message to the disciples, and this is what happens next. Because what happens there, she was the first of many evangelists. But our passage today follows those verses when Jesus does meet up with the disciples as he promised. And again, this part, the 16 through 20 in verse 20 in chapter 28 is what is referred to as the great commission and it starts this way now the 11 disciples went to Galilee the mountain to which Jesus had directed them now what you might notice here is it says the 11 disciples and if you remember there were 12 but Judas kind of sealed his own fate in doing what he did uh, betraying um, Jesus but now there's not 12, but there's 11 disciples. And then also here, it was very clear that the message was delivered and that nothing was lost in translation um, whenever Mary delivered the message to the disciples. And they did, as was directed. And then it continues in verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. Now, what I want to say here is that kind of in between the gospel message, um, which is the first part, I mean, sorry, the, the Easter message, which is the first uh, kind of group of verses at the beginning of chapter 28, and then this very last portion, there's a portion in between where it is um, the chief priests were saying, hey, spread this message. Tell them that the disciples took the body and so that they can proclaim that Jesus did what he was going to do. So they're trying to spread misinformation. They're trying to have an alternate message. So that was going around already that particular day. And it, news travels pretty fast. So when it says, some doubted, I have to believe that there is that other message going around too. And that they heard that. And so they did doubt. But just because you doubt doesn't mean that you don't have faith. And so it continues. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now this is important here. Jesus makes the distinction because it's not just Jesus doing something that he wanted to do, but it's in accordance with the authority that has been given to him from the Father in heaven. In addition, before he goes on to, this is what you're going to do, he says, this is my authority, and by my authority, I'm giving you these instructions, but also I'm giving you authority as well. And so the only reason that they're able to do what they can is because of Jesus and the authority given by God. And so it finishes with this in verse 19 and to 20a here. Um, Go, therefore. So this is a commandment. This is commissioning part. I have authority and I'm commissioning you with this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them. So you baptize and you teach them. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this should sound familiar. This is the great commission. Jesus in his infinite wisdom and love and authority commissions the disciples to say, I have done my part. Now it's your turn. Go. Go. There's action in this. And so the, the first part of this is that Jesus, Jesus commissions them to go beyond the boundaries of which their ministry was currently residing, which was in Israel. Then he says, go to all the nations, not just the nation of Israel. Go to all the nations, all the nations. And then he gives a step-by-step process as to what it means to make a disciple and to be a disciple. But he says this, baptize them in the name of the Trinity, right? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not only shall you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you should teach them to obey the commands that I have given you. Do you remember the commands? Not just the the Ten Commandments, I'll quiz you on those later, but the commandments that he had given him. So you think about it, Love God with everything you have. The Shema. We talked about that earlier. Love God with everything that you have and your neighbor as yourself. And then also, do all of this. Right? Do all of this. Because I have first loved you. So treat others as you would have them treat you. That's the golden rule. But also love others as I have loved you. That's a platinum rule. Taking it a step further, Jesus always tacks on a little bit at the end. And so all of these things and the way that he lives his life and the way that he has prepared them, the way that he has encouraged them, the way he has modeled for them what it means to actually live out the life that God has created for you. This is what it means to be a disciple. And by doing so, being a disciple, you also have that other part where you go and you baptize and you teach. That's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then it ends with this, disciples, evangelists, I'm talking to you, church. You don't have to do everything that you've been called to do by yourself. In fact, you're not supposed to do it by yourself. 
You're supposed to do it with your community and for your community. You see, whenever we are created, you have all these things coming along and then it, that first part that it breaks from tradition and it says, it is not good that man should be alone. We were created by and for a community. This is a communal part of it. So when it says it's not personal, we're talking about our faith, we're talking about evangelism, spreading this gospel message. It's our witness, what we do, what we say. It's all part of the message. And so remember that they and we are not are, are only able to do this because the G, Jesus has the authority to give that to the disciples and then to us. So now you have now heard this gospel message. You have now heard the Great Commission. So you are then commissioned to do the same. So now, to actually do that. How do we do what we are created and commissioned to do? Of course, this is easier said than done, right? But remember, the first evangelist, like I said earlier, was Mary Magdalene. And if you think about who she was, you have to think about the culture. She was a woman. People did not take women's word for at the same value as they did with men. But Jesus chose her to carry the first message, to be the first evangelist. Who would ever listen to what she had to say? Who would ever take her seriously? But regardless, this is who Jesus chose to be the first evangelist of the best news ever. So if Jesus chose her and then the disciples Jesus also chooses us there's no pre-qualifications for being an evangelist you are an evangelist that's what you were created to be and in order to do that to spread the gospel message let's think about this a little bit because you do have to have realistic expectations what I'm not telling you to do this is what I'm not telling you to do. What I'm not telling you to do is to go and have message, uh, have conversations with people and say, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Now, if you do, if you can have that conversation, great, good, do more of that. But if that's not you, God created you for a particular purpose in a particular way, and God is going to use you just the way that you are, to bring his message into this world, to communicate the best news ever. So I'm not saying that you have to go on the corner of a street and just preach the gospel, be that type of person, a bullhorn guy. I'm not telling you to be that. If you want to, good. If it makes a difference, great. But I'm saying that you are spreading the gospel message in one way or another. You are spreading a message what I am saying is to do the best and be the best that you can in bringing that message. So you do your best and you let God take care of the rest. It kind of rhymes, I know, but I did that on purpose. You do your best and you let God take care of the rest because there's only so much you can do, right? There's only so much you can do. So you do the very best that you can and you let God Take care of the rest because it's not us. It's not up to us to change people's hearts, to actually convert people. Yes, that, my friends, 
is God's part. But our part is important too. And see, the thing is, you're just continuing what's already been put in motion from the very beginning of time. What you're doing is continuing the gospel message and spreading it because it is a movement. That's why when Jesus commissioned them, he said, Go, therefore, knowing all that you know, go and baptize and teach. Go and baptize and teach. These are the action words, these verbs for a purpose. And so when I think about all of this, it might seem a bit overwhelming, but know that you talk to many people. You talk to your family. You talk to your co-workers or your friends. You talk to the people here. But how you talk, and maybe the words you say too, you're spreading a message. You are an evangelist. But what message are you spreading? How are you actually being intentional about what you are saying and what you are doing in your lives? Because you're saying, you're saying a message one way or the other. Are you saying with your life and the way that you live and the way that you talk that, that Jesus is good, that Jesus is real, that, Je that you are excited about coming to church, that you're excited about spreading the gospel message, that you're so filled with the Holy Spirit that you can't help but spread the gospel message. It is overflowing and you, you have no choice, but you have to pour into others this great and life-giving gospel message. That's what we should be doing. And I know you might not be there now, but you can work at it. You can try. Every single person that you come into contact with, you can smile at them. And sometimes that's all it takes. You can listen. So more so than what you have to say, it's just being there. Now I look back. I look back at to what was happening here whenever Jared posted this picture. I don't think he really knew what he had in mind or what God had in mind whenever he posted this picture. I really don't. And I don't think that Jared knew what God had in mind in 2010 whenever he said, hey, I can play drums. My brothers can play guitar. Let's make a band. I don't think that, that he knew, and I didn't know, what was happening at that point. But what happened was the start of a beautiful friendship. Now, he's probably about seven years, I think he's about six or seven years, they, because they're quadruplets, right, are uh, about six or seven years younger than I am. But at that time, at that place, at that moment, God was already working. God was already working. And then I think about everything that I've been through, everything that they have been through, everything that this world has been through, and through all of that, 12 years ago, that conversation started something amazing that God was going to do. And little did I know, little did he know, but God knew, that 12 years later, would send this post one picture one message 
on one social media. And that made a big difference. Because I reached out. He and his brothers and his daughter came. We jammed out because that's what we do. But I needed that more than I really knew. But God did. God did. What he was doing with this little thing, seemingly insignificant, he was being an evangelist. He was carrying and bearing the good news with just one picture, one sentence, on one social media post. And so, to Jared, if he is listening to this, which he says he does every once in a while, I want to say thank you. I want to say that you probably didn't know, but God was using you to relate to me God's love, God's good, great news. And the other thing he did, he's reminded me of who I am. And sometimes that's all it is. It's just revealing what's already there. Being reminded of who we are. Jerry took just a small, small step. And he didn't even think that he was doing this. And he probably doesn't even know that he was doing this. But I thank him because he did something. He reached out. Maybe not to me directly, but eventually we connected and God connected us all those years ago so that this time, at this place, that God's message could still be light in a dark world. That God's message is still relevant. And it's so good. So my challenge to you, my friends, my church, my family, Don't think for one second that something insignificant, seemingly insignificant, like a social media post, a smile, a polite nod, a how are you doing today? How are you really doing today? That, that, can, be, that can mean more for somebody than you can ever, ever imagine. Because it's not just you doing this. It's God using what you are giving to accomplish some great things and to make some great life changes and to be reminded of who we are and who God is for us. And this is great news. This is the best news. And why would we not want to share this? So be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Let God use you to spread the gospel message, and when necessary, use words. You know what I mean. It is what you say, but it's how you live. And so let's act like this is the best news ever. And let us spread this message. Let's not make it just personal. Let's make it communal. Let's make it so that this word, evangelist, is something that we can reclaim. 
is something that we can put into practice and we can really spread the gospel message here and now in Dili and in this world when we need it most. God's word is still true and is still relevant here today and we need it more than we could have ever imagined. But God knew. God knows. And so, let us respond by putting our faith into action and sharing and witnessing the good news of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.